0: this thing on because it's getting ready to be on hello and welcome to this week's episode of bell ringer my name is greg i'll be your host our guest today is david rust of say yes to buffalo he is the president and ceo they do awesome things in the buffalo school district providing scholarships for kids making college possible for those that, that it might not have been prior and they do great wraparound services including mentoring for that transition process from high school to college great episode great program for our city and our region hope you guys enjoy thank you for listening and we'll see you at the outro so for those that don't know what is say yes buffalo or say yes education buffalo
1: greg thanks for having me I'm excited to talk about say yes and the really important work for the long-term health and vitality that the contributions are making uh mean for the city of Buffalo Uh, so you know I guess briefly say as we're best known for a scholarship promise and that is a critical component of what we do so for every graduate of the Buffalo public and charter schools we have a scholarship promise a last-dollar scholarship promise uh, that they can attend a two-year institution a four-year institution or uh, achieve a trade or vocational certificate from any school in the state system so SUNY or CUNY and also 100 private colleges and universities across the country uh, it's a great opportunity for, for young folks in the city of Buffalo to have that significant uh, financial barrier of college tuition removed. I know there's other costs associated with higher education. In some cases, we cover more too, uh, but a great opportunity. But I think what's just as important to the work is, is two other key components. Number one, uh, we know that just a scholarship isn't enough, and that's been proven with other scholarship models across the country. So. We work in close partnership with numerous entities to ensure wraparound supports for students uh, at scale systemically across all 55 Buffalo public school buildings. Uh, Exactly what that means is, you know, we partner with uh, the county and the city on social service casework supports in every building. We partner with uh, Erie County and a number of behavior health providers to have a mental health clinic in every public school building. Uh, The district is now sponsoring 55 extended learning time opportunities after-school programs in every building run by quality community-based organizations. That's extra time for enrichment, talent discovery, art, music, science, certainly academic support, structured recreation time. And you think about what that can mean in terms of a kid's educational career, you know, two extra hours a day from kindergarten through the time they complete. Um, That's a big deal, you know, and that's going to impact students' ability to enter an institute of higher ed, persist once they're there, ultimately complete. Uh, we have legal clinics available in partnership with seven large firms in the Volunteer Lawyers Project to provide civil legal services to students and families. That can be anything from immigration to, to housing, you know, landlord-tenant disputes to family law. Uh, we partner closely with the Buffalo Public Schools on the Community Schools Initiative and the Parent Centers. And the community schools are amazing for anyone who hasn't had a chance to experience them. There's Saturday academies on weekends, last year 46,000 people came through the doors. Um, built on a similar model to after school, but there's also adult programming in the buildings, two hot meals in addition to academic programming, enrichment, and structured recreation time. It's been a huge asset to this community and one that's, you know, really been, been widely received. Um, I could go on. We do more. We offer some mentoring for students as they transition to, to high school. And I think an important part, piece of the puzzle, which maybe we can talk about later, is we are providing paid internships in partnership with 80 employers in this community so that students have access to the workforce and you know ultimately we want students to live here and work here and we think that's a great opportunity so you know all in all all the the reallocated supports cost around 13 million on an annual basis and that's a huge commitment to young people in the city of Buffalo paid for largely by the city the county the school district so you know, I continue to give a lot of credit to the mayor the county executive the superintendent the school board um, to making that big commitment to young people um, Just as big, you know, I I mentioned the funding for the the public programming, but the scholarship is funded largely through uh, private investment in this community. So that was really the model is that we'll go fundraise for a scholarship from private sector. And this community is really generous in supporting us and public sector can support the programming. And, you know, I think that's a huge testament to this community that, that Buffalo can be known for a city that provides higher ed access and also supports needed to get there for kids and families. Um, The third arm of the work, and I'll I'll pause after that for more questions, is we use what's called a collective impact model. And the the thought behind that is this is is such a big problem. You know, the, the challenges we have in urban education in Buffalo aren't unique to Buffalo. There's points in time where the data was more tragic than in other cities. But if you go to Boston, to Syracuse, to Pittsburgh, to Cleveland, to Detroit, the same problem exists in all of our urban cores. So Uh, Our philosophy is that no one entity can do it alone. So that collective impact model means is that there's a role all the stakeholders play in our community, and the adults have been incredible to work with. So city government plays a role. County government plays a role. Uh, I can give you an example. We've got an operating committee, which is one of our governing bodies, that meets every three weeks in one of our public high schools. Attending that meeting is um, an associate superintendent from the Buffalo Public Schools, both union leaders representing the teachers and the administrators. Two foundation leaders: the president of the Community Foundation, the vice president, senior vice president of the John Arrowshay Foundation. Uh, two college presidents from Buffalo State College and a, a Madai College, uh, a high cabinet leader from Erie Community College. Uh, both of our parent bodies are represented through the district parent coordinating council president, council president, and the vice president of the Buffalo t- Parent Teachers Organization. Two school board members are there: uh, the president and uh, the first vice president. Uh, we're adding a youth member in this coming year. Um, the county commissioner of social services is at the table and a commissioner from the mayor's office. So we've got high level leaders with big portfolios, all committing every three weeks to come in together to focus on, um, data continuing to enhance the programmatic supports, et cetera. Um, and that's the model that really drives this forward. So at some point in time, we're all going to step out, right? But this work will continue in Buffalo because it's not reliant on one individual. So it's a new model it's, we're going to hold hands and be stronger together uh, I think it's the right model going forward and um, just, you know, proud to be partners with everyone in this work because it's not work that they have to do, that it's work they're choosing to do.
0: Right. So it's obviously important that all those people are at the table and involved in the conversation. What was the process like getting all those players involved, especially at such a high level?
1: Sure. Um, Maybe so even. that goes back like six years now. You know, we've been at right. this. So Buffalo, Say yes, Buffalo was announced in December of 2011. Um, right after that, we started this, what turned into operating committee with a core planning team. Um, and I think the the, the the key partner there is the key thing is, you know, people want to be a part of something that they help build. So we listened, we convened all of our leaders and stakeholders. We talked about this idea. Uh, are you willing to support it? And unequivocally, we got yeses across the board so we expected that you know it's not the what but it was the how we were going to get there and I think the how that we found was a high level of communication with the leaders and decision makers in this community so that operating committee is one example of it we met every other week um, for about three or four years then we stepped back to once every three weeks after you know we felt you know we had this infrastructure built and ready to go Um, there's some other governing bodies you know we have a, a private scholarship board which helps us fundraise for the scholarship we meet every other month we have a community leadership council chaired by the mayor, the deputy county executive, the school board president, the chair of our scholarship board, um, our state senator and state assemblywoman uh, representing the city of Buffalo, and our region. Um, you know, you know all the names there. It's Mayor Brown, Maria White, Alfonso O'Neill White, uh, Dr. Nevergold, Assemblywoman Stokes, Senator Kennedy, and Regent Collins. Uh, and we have public meetings three times a year that anyone can come to where we share data, where we talk about the programmatic investments talk about more that we want to do. So um, a lot of time, a lot of time together, a lot of listening, and I think that's, you know, while well, we have a long way to go. Um, that's why this has worked.
0: how this idea come to Buffalo in December 2011?
1: So that's a good question. Uh, Say Yes to Education is was founded by a gentleman named George Weiss. Um, George is a hedge fund manager in New York City, an extremely wealthy man and a, a huge philanthropist, uh, but George's life, he, he wasn't born into money, so him and his family emigrated to the States in 1939 They came from Austria, um, just avoided uh, you know, everything that was tragically going to happen in Austria uh, uh, during the Second World War. Uh, was raised in Connecticut, uh, pretty poor, and worked from the time he was 11 years old. Um, he earned a full scholarship to the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, while he was there, him and his fraternity brothers adopted a group in the Philadelphia schools called the 11, of, 11 or 12 Apostles, was their, their nickname. But it was a Philadelphia gang, and they mentored him, they played basketball with him, they had him to their fraternity house for meals. Um, you know, they really wrapped their arms around him. And the year after George graduated, he went back and took them all out to lunch, and every one of the kids had completed high school. And he asked him why and how, and they said, We couldn't look you and your brothers in the, the eye after everything you did for us and tell you we didn't make it. So he decided if he did well, he was going to give back. Um, So in 1987, he had done very well at this point. He's in his later 40s. And he walked into a classroom in uh, West Philadelphia uh, called the Belmont School and told 112 seventh graders that if you complete high school, I will pay for your college. And that's how Say Yes was born. Um, And it was literally kids winning the lottery. He did that five more times in Philly and Harlem and Cambridge and Hartford, Connecticut. And groups of between 100 to 300 students won the lottery, and he paid for their college. But being a businessman, he tracked outcomes um, and he learned a couple things just that the scholarship wasn't enough. Uh, The kids needed those wraparound supports to get them through their their educational experience, and the earlier those supports started, the better. Um, So he did that from 87 to 2008. And at that point in time, they made a fundamental shift. Um, at that point, they brought in our national president, Marianne schmitt and they made a shift to move from kids winning a lottery to trying to do this citywide. So Syracuse was first out of the gates in 2008. Uh, Buffalo was second in 2011. And our application for this, it was a national competition, it was really led out of our community foundation here. Um, the president there, president and CEO, Clotilde Decker, is an extraordinary leader locally. And... Um, and the community foundation doesn't just give out money you know that's actually a misnomer they lead these large collective impact efforts that make our community better whether it's around lead education now they're leading the racial equity work that's happening in the city Um, and so Clotilde pulled together the application buffalo was selected as part of a national competition and we were second out of the gate so um, that was how this work was born in buffalo Um, i think we were taking on one of the huge challenges this community has and The data is proving that it's been a good investment to date. Um, So, to date, since we've launched in our city schools, the graduation rate has gone from 49% to 64%. So, we've had a 15 percentage point increase over five years. College matriculation has moved from 57% to 67%. Within one year of graduation, it's actually at 70%. So, we're well ahead of the national average for urban districts right now. Uh, We just have earned data back on our, we've had 589 graduates to date. Through four years, and it's the highest percentage of graduates that have completed in four years uh, since the data sources existed. It's called the National Student Clearinghouse. So, you know, there's a lot of work left to do. First of all, I'd say that those are encouraging data points. But you know, we still haven't reached two thirds of our graduates completing in the Buffalo public schools yet. We want to increase the number of kids that enter college and post-secondary programs and complete. But I think by any measurable account, this has worked to date and worked quicker than we expected. Um, I just close with, not the podcast, but this part is. You know, we got a long way to go still.
0: Right. So, how do you convince people and stakeholders to take that long view? When, like you said, you've seen results, and it's only been, you know, those data points. I think you said five years, but mm-hmm. some of those kids that you maybe started with in 2011 were in, you know, kindergarten or yeah. you know, first grade. How do you get people to buy into such a long term effect and you said, you know, this work goes on after the people and the stakeholders move on to different jobs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. The work continues.
1: Well, I, I said it before, there's no silver bolt in this work. And I think if anybody had one, that would actually scare me a little bit. You know, Buffalo right. is rebounding <laughs> by any measurable account, but we're probably coming up on the bottom curve of the U right now. So this took a long time to get where it is, and it's going to take a long time to fix. Um so we have pitched a long-term approach from day one you know i don't think we're going to see a 15 percentage point increase in graduation rates in buffalo public schools over the next five years like we have over the last five you know the work is really going to get harder from here but what we did need was that collective long-term approach to a community-wide challenge with shared ownership and we have that so that hasn't been all that hard to sell i think once you sit down and say this is our plan what do you think where can we improve you know you Always look for opportunities to improve, but um, this community continues to put a lot of resources into it. Um, you don't solve a problem with money alone. I think it's you know certainly how it's spent. Uh, but we've been successful at fundraising you know we're right now we're in an endowment campaign, so this promise is in buffalo in perpetuity, and it needs to be This can't be a ten year period or a 20 year period. Right. It needs to be in perpetuity and you know thanks to the generosity of this community, I think we'll get there.
0: How motivated do you see? Students become, because of this program, you know, they they know that if, if they succeed, the scholarship is there for them to, to go to college. When you take that worry and put it aside, you know, can I even afford college if I do well, mm-hmm. is that a motivational factor for kids?
1: Certainly. Um, it's kind of in line with your last question, and I'll, so I'll take a moment. I mean, we like to ground our conversations in data. You know, a third of the adults in our city can't read, you know, we could fill the football stadium with the number of of adults and kids in this city that live in poverty. Um, This is the third poorest community in the country right now. I mean, the community still has challenges despite the the rebound that we're seeing. So, yes, students are motivated by that. But I still think we, we just try and be respectful of the challenges that kids and families have every day in the city still. We try and, you know, work and talk with people, not at them or about them. Um, I give a lot of credit to the motivation to my colleagues. You know, we have colleagues and partners. You know, we have a you know 110, 120 colleagues that say yes. We are extremely diverse. 68% of our team is individuals of color. We work in close partnership with behavior health providers, extended learning time providers. You know, I can go on and on with the list, and they do the hard work on a day-to-day basis to connect with kids and families. Um, and, you know. And, we want to remove barriers as much as possible so that kids can focus on their academics and, and ultimately take advantage of the scholarship. But, you know, there are still families out there that are hungry every day that don't have proper clothing, and the scholarship um, isn't as important when those things still exist. So hence the the importance of, you know, good adults working with young kids in a an array of wraparound supports to try and meet families where they are and meet their needs.
0: How receptive are kids and families to the support systems that are offered and you know, how much are they leveraging them?
1: Robust usage. I mean, everything sells out, you know. Really? I mentioned the community schools. I mean, yeah. 46,000 people coming through the doors on Saturdays. I think that's a testament to the good work. You know, 6,000 kids in after-school programs. Um, you know, we are, we're helping 40 families in the schools with social service supports every single month, and we can do more in each of those buildings. So um, a lot of that is, again, who we've hired. You know, we have best-in-class colleagues that represent our community, and uh, families are taking advantage. You can, I'd say communications in our world is a must-have, not a nice-to-have. I think similar to your work, you know, right. this, is a, um, this is change management. It's, it's changing hope, changing expectations, informing our community about the possibilities and the services available to them. You can never spend enough time on that. So, you know, as long as we're doing that and we always want to do more of it, we're finding that families are taking advantage and are super receptive to the opportunities available to them.
0: So, obviously, the end goal is you mentioned these kids getting jobs in our economy mm-hmm. you know in our area contributing to our economy. Is there any focus on preparing these kids for the jobs or industries that, that there might be deficiencies in within western New York or within buffalo
1: so I'd say it's a yes and i mean there is so we, there is extremely talented young people in the public schools, you know the The data points I've seen call for 165,000 open jobs in this community in the next decade, two-thirds requiring a post-secondary credential. That many people aren't moving here. Our largest concentration of youth is in the city of Buffalo and in the Buffalo Public Schools. This is our opportunity, Um, and it's one that I think is really critical that we hit on. So I've mentioned the word talent, but I also think our kids are in a talent discovery phase. I mean, we've got Kids that are going to lead organizations, that are going to be lawyers and doctors, that are going to be nonprofit leaders, that are going to get into advanced manufacturing. It's across the board. So, again, we want to give a lot of broad opportunities to kids. Um, You know, we always want to educate on on where the available jobs are in this community and that you have a good chance of getting a job if you get this degree. But, again, we want to give a a broad view of what's available to kids. I mean, even if you look at our, our college compact, it's the entire SUNY system. Which is extremely strong in 100 privates around the country. So, locally, that's Madai and Villa Maria and Canisius College, which are all great choices and more. You know, regionally, it's Syracuse, the University of Rochester, RIT. Uh, but we even have kids going on to the Browns, into the Yales, into the Georgetowns, and the Washington University in St. Louis's. We have one young man going out to Panoma College in California this year. It's, you know, really cool opportunities open to the kids, and we hope that they take full advantage of it, they learn. Um, they come back here and live here and work here, um, that would be great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of answers I could provide to that, but uh, we want options for our kids across the table, whether that's advanced manufacturing or or they want you know, sit to in, sit in the boardroom, the, the partnership or Blue Cross Blue Shield.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. So recently I had uh, Stephen Tucker from the Northland Workforce Training Center, yeah. and he talked about one of the big things is – convincing kids that uh, one manufacturing is a a viable career and then making it attractive to them making it something that they want to do not something that they reluctantly do so are there any educational opportunities not just for advanced manufacturing but while kids are in that talent discovery phase you know you don't want to sway a kid into something that they don't want to do but Mm -hmm. assuring them that yes you know there is a path forward in in different avenues, different industries like that.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, there's the, the career and tech programs in the Buffalo Public Schools offer a lot of avenues into potential job opportunities in this community. You know, Northland will be flooded with student tours as soon as they open. You know, in lieu of that right now, if you go over to McKinley, you've got students that are building homes that through Habitat for Humanity. If you go over to Burgard, there's a five-year program there in partnership with Alfred State where students leave with a two-year degree in welding Uh, machining, or car and auto. So there's a lot of good opportunities that exist in the public schools. I think one of the opportunities uh, moving forward, though, I think is alignment of all the opportunities and ensuring that kids are well-educated about those. Um, So what exactly I mean by that is are we taking the data from the labor market assessment? Are we sharing that broadly in our public schools about, you know, these are the job opportunities available. This is the type of degree that you'll need to get that should all start probably with career aptitude and interest test. by the way, so, so young kids understand what they want to do, what they're good at. Right. Uh, but then moving back, you know, these are the local colleges and universities that offer that type of degree, and, you know, you can use the Say Yes Scholarship then to pipeline, you know, through this path. Um, at Northland, you know, our, our higher ed partners are going to be right on site there, so we will be supporting the certificates, two-year degrees, if it, if it goes that far for kids that go the Northland path. So... I think there's a great alignment opportunity there. You know, really excited about Steve's leadership and the work that he's going to deliver in this community. Um, and, you know, we'll always look for more of that.
0: Yeah, and I think they... Uh, I might be wrong, but I think Buffalo Manufacturing Works has a certificate program in 3D printing for kids in the Buffalo public schools, I think.
1: They may, yeah. might. Positive
0: <laughs> <then>. <laughs> um, so when did you... When did you come on board with Say Yes? Was it from the beginning?
1: Yeah, I was the first employee locally, so I was on board in uh, spring-summer of 2012, so you know, six, six and a half years ago.
0: What made you believe so strongly to want to jump on and be the first employee? What made you think that you know this is going to be super impactful and you wanted to be a part of it?
1: Um, so at the point in time, part of my portfolio, I was with Erie County at that point in time, was managing the juvenile detention center and these were kids that had hopes and dreams. They had a a moment in time, an interruption in their life that caused them to go down a path that was um, unproductive, and, you know, once students often get into those systems, you know, your your life outcomes change a bit, Um, so every day between three and five, the doors would open, and young people would come in for, they'd stolen a t-shirt from the gallery and mall, you know, maybe they were selling pot, Um, and, I realized, you know, and I think they realized too, that if they had better opportunities, whether it was an after school program, a mentor, perhaps they wouldn't have been in that position. Um, so, really, what interested in me, it wasn't the scholarship so much, it was those comprehensive wraparound supports that I thought would meet kids and families where they were and give them more opportunities. Um, you know, there was a, a book that was written to the superintendent at that point in time as she entered this community, Dr. Pamela Brown. It was letters to the superintendent, and some of the best letters that came from that book were written by young people that were in the juvenile detention center at that point in time and it made you realize that they were uh, kids and they had hopes and dreams i've used that a few times but uh, they wanted advantages and opportunities that that say yes would provide so uh, it was a pretty easy thing to say yes to at the point when i was uh, asked to uh, to come take on the job
0: right are there any success stories that you can think of or you know even specific kids that have gone on to to be successful in college or, or post-college now?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's so I mentioned we have had 589 graduates with, with lots more to come in the next few years. And I think every single one of them is a success story. You know, Certainly I've worked closely with a few of our scholars and my incredible colleagues do the same. Uh, but we've had, uh, I was just with one of our scholars last week that is uh, finishing up at Buffalo State this year and has had paid internships now at Blue Cross Blue Shield on the medical campus with a local bank is going to graduate and think about the resume that that young woman has now as she enters our our workspace and the the real value add that she's going to bring to this community. Um, Our interns this summer were incredible. A young woman that's at Fredonia and has started her own newsletter that highlights positive things happening uh, among her peers in the city because often we hear negative stories. Um, another young man who's a graphic design communications major that just finished VCC that's going to get his two-year degree at Buffalo State. I mean, they are, they're great life stories. Um, And, you know, we're proud of each of the young people and hope that they continue to work really hard and and make us proud.
0: And how did that paid internship uh, program come about? Because that seems like an important part of it involving local companies to hire and pay these people for their work and then as you said, that builds their resume and makes their chances of getting the job even better.
1: So the, the genesis of it was the kids. They called our office and said, you know, we could use help with internships and paid summer work. Can you help? And um, we had access to employers locally. You know, I have to highlight the investment the partnerships made. You know, Dottie and Laura lead on this. They talk with their board about it. They're critical friends to say yes. And they've really encouraged their member organizations to provide these paid internships. So, Again, this year we had over 80 opportunities from employers. You know, uh, Western New York continues to be really generous across the board with our work and recognizes the importance of it. So, you know, kudos to the partnership. That's um, an area we're looking to grow. Our goal is 250 paid internships in the next five years. And we have again students that are getting full-time job offers from these now to Northwest Bank, the Buffalo History Museum. Just really cool opportunities for kids, and that can help fill our workforce gap in the years to come.
0: And you said 80 companies are involved right now? Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That seems like a really important part of it. It's kind of that middle ground in between mm-hmm. school and the workforce.
1: Yeah. Um, City Foundation funded the expansion that allowed us to bring on some two talented individuals to lead that work, and it's uh, work that we want to build and grow in the years to come. Um, and I do, I think it's, we're really thankful for them for taking that long-term view on what the that step in the process means for kids looking for job opportunities.
0: Well, it's amazing work you're doing. Uh, obviously, results already and, and more to come in the, in the next handful of years. Thank you so much for your time. I have a couple quick blizzard round questions for you to end on. Let's do it. Are you ready? <laughs> if you were a flavor of ice cream, what would you be?
1: Vanilla. I'm pretty plain. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Book or TV show that you'd recommend? Game of Thrones. Text or phone call? Phone. Uh, bills or sabers? Bills. Hiking or Skiing. Hiking. Like and chicken wings, drumstick or flat? Flat, man. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it.
1: You're welcome, Greg.
0: Bellringer is a podcast by Invest Buffalo Niagara, the region's privately funded nonprofit marketing and economic development organization. Please rate this podcast, follow our social media channels, and read our blog at
1: buffaloniagara.org for the best of Buffalo Niagara. Come grow your business with us.